Ladies and gentlemen, to the 11th episode of The Valorant Show. I'm your host, Taylor Reflections Noble, joined by Troy Tuttle, a.k.a. Too Loud, and I wouldn't want it any other way. 11th episode, Troy, we're back. We are. We're over that 10. You know, it's like, it's like I guess maybe like after you have that, that, that like 10th date with a girl, you're starting to like feel like you're, you're getting in the groove. Oh, maybe that's how I feel with you, Taylor. Maybe, I'm, maybe we're up. getting in the groove here in our relationship of, of podcasting together. I don't know about that one, man. You just went really deep way too quickly. We're not even we're not even a minute in, and you're talking about going on dates with girls, and all of a sudden you're whoa, relating whoa, whoa, that whoa. to me. Troy, hold up a second. You're a married man, first and uh, foremost. I, okay? I am, I am, I am. I I'm am. not a home wrecker. All right? We're not trying to do all that. Hey, Troy, it's good to be it's back. Not, 11th it's not, episode. It's not the record. It's reflections, right? <laughs> that That is true. It is reflections. Absolutely. At least that's what I call myself. Why? I don't know. Chat, or I say chat again. Listeners, I don't know why that's out there. It is what I'm still in that. I'm still in that hosting mode. Still in that hosting mode. Did an event yesterday. It was a lot of fun, but it's good to be back once again to talk some Valorant. Seems as if uh, I don't know, man. We're we're going quick with these. Uh, you know, we record one, and it seems like we're already recording the next. And yeah. uh, that just means because the Valorant scene just continues to flow, and yeah. uh, that's a beautiful thing. You guys are awesome, by the way. Thank you guys so much for like sharing with your friends and telling everybody because it makes it a lot easier to come back each week when people are listening to the show and enjoying oh, the show right we're not just uh, talking into the void okay yeah. into a black hole you know what i'm saying we're actually being heard we're being listened why i don't know troy but they're be, listening we're being listened we're being <laughs> we're being listened i like it whatever man well you know what check this out we're gonna keep the ball rolling because i can't the, the longer i gotta talk to troy you guys don't know this man no i love the guy come on it's it's good. i love frustrating Let's go move into our uh our first topic ask the agents so much learned this day. A victory on many fronts. I can't believe it. I really can't. So you guys continue to come back with some comments. And I got to say, I'd love you for it. I really genuinely do. And uh, we actually have, I believe, four or so comments to get through today. So let's go ahead and start off with Plaw1700 coming through and saying, love the show. He's a Brim main and he has some questions. So maybe, Troy, this is going to be up your alley with you being a, uh, a Brim main yourself. He says, great podcast. I've been playing Valorant for a few weeks now and I'm new to PC. So kind of relatable to you, Troy, right? Because you have been playing on yeah, pc very yeah. long but this podcast gives me so much information about the game i'm a brimstone main and have been top fragging using the info i've learned from you guys so hey troy your brimstone uh, tips Let's are coming go. in and going big you love to see it one question i have is when is the best time to rotate over i feel i'm either going too early and attackers switch sites or waiting too late and running across the map to my death or not in time to defuse. Thanks, Patrick. So Patrick coming through. Thank you so much for that comment. And uh, rotations, a pretty hot commodity. I think actually our tips and uh, trick last week ended up talking about, or saver spin, I should say, was about when to rotate over. So Troy, I actually hand this over to you. When do you feel is a good time to start your rotations? You know, I'd probably say out of all of our guys, though, Taylor, I'm the worst at this. Actually, I move too slow a lot of times. Uh, I'm a <laughs> afraid of getting heard uh i get that i think there's there's so there's so much with the risk and reward right like although they hear you coming when you're pressed for time like that like you do have the advantage or you have the peaker's advantage per se as well right so i mean 
It is. It's really hard to gauge this. I think this really comes down to your personal play, and and you've got to learn the feeling of the map. So you've got to continue to play. And I don't think you learn this early. I think this is a hard thing to learn for most gamers, uh, for most people trying to learn this. Is it's 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 really feeling out the game. It's game sense, right? A lot of people talk about game sense and having it. Uh, and I think you know sometimes you just see like, man, that guy's always right there. You know, Wardell's always happening to make the right play. He's always in the mm. right spot. And that's his game sense. And I think that just comes with time, man. Learning the game, learning the map, learning little tricks of like, you know, what I need to listen for or how it reacts with my players. I also think it's a lot easier to do rotations and, and, and switching up and things like that, fake plants, whatever it is. Uh, when you're with a full team comp, it's really mm-hmm. tough in pickup games to do that. It's really tough for the communication to be clear enough to have it, have it done effectively. Uh, if you rotate too quick, somebody might not have been watching, say, mid, right, or sewers on 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 split, and all of a sudden, here you go, you get taken out. Somebody might have gone all the way around your flank, you know, and come through garage, and you're on A, you know, on split, and, and you know, now you're dead now. So I think it's just really tough. It's a lot of game sense. I think it has to do with your timing. You just kind of kind of fill it out. Yeah, and Patrick, just to kind of touch on that, you know, Troy pointed out perfectly, it's a lot easier to do if you're running a five stack, or at least you're running maybe with three or four other players, right, that you do know and you have communications with. If you're trying to go in and solo, it's really difficult to time your rotations appropriately because you don't have or you shouldn't have a a traditional IGL, an in-game leader, right? And that's the guy who should be calling those rotations. Also, it's very important that if somebody does sniff out that, hey, the team is rota- or the enemy team is rotating to my position. I need you guys to come here. If he's not communicating that, it's really not on you if your rotations are a little bit off. So it comes down to communication. And I wouldn't say don't beat yourself up too hard on your rotations themselves. It's good that you are thinking about it, Patrick. Um, so like I said, if you're going in solos and Troy said as well, if you're going in solos, it's a little bit difficult. But if you're playing with the team, designate someone as that IGL who's going to be the shot caller, who's going to say, hey, check it out. It's time to rotate. Get over here. And at that point, you don't have to think about what your positioning is at that current point in time. You need to then start your rotation and don't think twice. Don't try and, uh, you know, I I would say be confident in what you're doing, even in a solo game, right? If you don't have that IGL, just go ahead and start that rotation and uh, don't think twice about it. You'll be all right. I will say one last thing about rotation is... um and you don't, a lot of people don't think about this when they're on defense, but rotating off of a site that you know that they're pushing. We're learning this a lot together, Taylor, but like there is, there is times, and you'll see pros do this a lot, where there's two or three people on a site, and they know they're getting pushed by a five-man, and they back up, and they rotate off and with their team, and then they go back in, right? They'll, they'll retake the, the site. And so that's really important as well. It's another way to think about rotations and rotations might not be right. It's it's more back off, give up the site, uh, and then you can go back in. But it is rotating off of that and kind of recollecting right and redoing what you're doing. Yeah, don't don't beat yourself up. Just keep trying, man. You're gonna learn the spots. You're gonna learn the best rotations as you continue to do the map. And on this next one, Taylor, can you say the name for me here before I read this? What is what I'm is gonna the... go with Etta. I'm gonna go with Etta. And uh the the last bit, I don't know. I'm gonna Etta. be honest with you. Got really creative. Etta J F R N D J W N. Uh, but I'm going with Etta. That's okay, what I'm going just with. wanted to make sure he knew that that Etta J G G J that guy. Make sure he knew. Hey man, we we appreciate you. Thank you for this comment as well. He says I love it, but dot 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 dot. I love the podcast, but I don't have Valorant. I came from the Fortnite podcast. I will get a PC soon, so please keep up the Fortnite podcast. But I still love the Valorant show. Hey man, thank you so much. Uh, shoot some love over to Monster as well. It's it, you know we did a, a, over a hundred episodes of that show. 
Uh, and we had gone through a lot, and I think we, it was just time to take a little break. And so, uh, we're, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We're thinking some things. I'm thinking some things with, with Taylor here and Monster. We're all kind of talking. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll get something. We'll get some out soon on that one. Yeah, love keeping the, the content for you. Hey, uh, check it out. You don't have Valorant yet, but hopefully you'll get that PC soon and you'll be competing amongst the best. Who knows? You might become the next Wardell. You never know, uh, Etta. But thank you so much for that comment. And as we move on to the next one, it's hey, Ray. Hey, look, it's again. Ray. What's it's up, Ray? It's Ray again, man. I'm telling Ray, you, he's in every... He's, hey, he's starting to figure out the formula. If I leave a comment, hold up a second, I'll be in the next episode. Yeah, so we appreciate yeah. you, Ray. We're actually knowing you by name at this point. Comes in, says, best Valorant podcast. Hey, guys, just wondering, what are your thoughts on Double Operator? This has been a hot topic as of recently. Uh, is it super overpowered or not overpowered? In the pro scene, Double Op is very good. But on normal games, is it good? Also, what is your most favorite ace you have done? Mine is with Omen on Bind, 1v5 Clutch, all headshots, Anyways, love you guys and keep up the great work. So uh, we're going to go into double op in our main topics a little bit later. That is a fantastic subject that I would love to discuss for you, given the fact that Hiko just came out and was discussing it himself. So it's going to be a great one for later. As far as favorite ace, I actually have one on my Twitter at Reflections. It's through my media. And, uh, man, it was a clean ace. It was on bind. I was playing as breach as I typically do. I think it was during a ranked match. And it was on B-Site. Ended up clutching up. Can't say it was as smooth with all headshots like you with your Omen on Bind, but it was still a fantastic moment. Anytime you get an ace, it feels good. It does feel good. I, I, was, I was one away today from another one that was really clean uh, on, uh, on Split, but uh, I, did, I wasn't able to pull it off. But I did, my favorite one is definitely, I, and I've only had a few. Let's not fool everybody. I'm not a pro you know, uh, PC gamer yet. I'm getting better and better every day been a lot of time i'm actually on chapter 10 on my battle pass already Taylor, same, I'm like, same. uh and i i've finished my brimstone contract i'm about to uh open up a raise because i'm you know getting working her contract i'm trying not to pay for anything i don't have to pay for in the game sure sure uh but mine is mine is a cypher and it's during the beta uh it was whenever towards the end of the beta i was with big and and i got an ace and it felt great because it was kind of that moment like oh i'm starting to figure out pc a little bit and yeah. so it kind of had two meanings, you know, the first one in the game, but also uh, new to playing PC. And so it was a lot of fun. But last one here we got from Footknife. And believe it or not, Fortnite, he says, do the Fortnite pod, please. <laughs> hey, man, just like Edu, Eduha or whatever the Edu. previous guy was yeah. uh, as well. Hey, man, we'll, we'll, we are, uh, we'll get back to it, man. Right now we're enjoying a lot of, uh, a lot of Valorant. And, uh, you know, we're still in, involved in Fortnite. You know, Monster's still cranking out the content make sure you're following oh, yeah. him he's got tons of great stuff going on so make sure you guys are still uh following him and hitting it up but we'll, we'll get back to the grind here soon man we appreciate you guys loving it and following through but hey let's go ahead and jump into our next section taylor run it back yeah let's bring it back no patch notes to discuss, but that's okay. We still have more information to get your way. First and foremost, before we get into Ask Valorant number three, I think there's a lot of great information to take from that. I did want to address the fact that Morello, who is on the Valorant team, came through and said uh, that at least right now the person who was responsible for the ranking system is no longer working with the company he has been either let go, quit, or whatever happened on his end, but uh, Riot is currently working to design a new ranking system. This is big news 
if you are a you know casual or competitive player, you like getting in, you like playing your ranked games. There's been a lot of talk that uh, ranking system, specifically the uh, uh, the addition of leaderboards, is needed, and maybe even how you know you kind of uh, you know progress and and degress, if you will, on your rank itself has needed a little bit of a rework. But right now, uh, that system is, I don't know if it's been put on hold necessarily. They do say that, you know, they are currently working to design a new system. But I do think it's going to take a little bit longer for those leaderboards and new ranking system to come in, given the fact that the guy who designed it ended up leaving. But I thought that was really, really fascinating because I didn't know, or I guess I didn't understand, that one person could uh, really derail an entire system, if you will, that was already in place in a game just by leaving the company. Well, I think it has to do with like, you know, there's a project lead, that project lead was over this portion of the game. They're no longer there. It's typically how those things work. Uh, you know, they, they sold the idea of, hey, here I have an idea for a ranking system. This is what I want to do. It, what I think is interesting about this is that they've come out to say, hey, he's no longer there. Meaning like, are they almost saying, hey, we know the system's not very good. And here's, here, here's my experience. I've played a lot this week, and I mean more than I usually play. I have played a lot this week, um, and I played a lot of ranked games. And I'm just in the same battle you are, where I'm going from like gold two to silver three, back to gold two to silver three, back to gold two silver three. I don't feel like my performance is changing that much, right? I feel like I'm pretty consistent. I'm always in the top two players usually. If I'm not MVP, I'm at least two. Sometimes I'm third, and that's even like if I'm having a bad start, I come back and do really well. I'm clutching rounds. And so, you know, and I'm going even almost every time. And so what I have a problem with is that I continually lose rank when I'm losing games. And I'm not like losing a bunch. Like I'm saying you lose one or two, I'm losing a whole rank, right? And even when I'm going positive or even when I'm going even, right? And so I feel like I'm not digressing as a player. And so I do, I I am glad that they're going to address it. I'm interested in what's going to happen. I think this type of announcement doesn't come from a big company like this unless it carries some weight. Yeah, And and that's what I'm interested to see what changes. Yeah, and right along with you, and just to kind of piggyback off what you said, my biggest frustration, I think this could be parroted by quite a few other people out there in the scene who do play, is the fact that it seems incredibly easy to drop a full rank, whereas it's incredibly difficult to go up a full rank. Yeah. And what's weird to me is you could do really well in a game, as you were saying, and you you could top frag and be very consistent. And you'll get, you know, the triple arrows that'll come through and it'll say, you know, rating has greatly increased. And then you have, you know, one poor game and not even a poor game, mind you, just a game where you ended up losing. Maybe you were playing solos and you ended up losing. And then all of a sudden you, you know, get a rating, you know, slightly decreased, but you still drop a rank. It doesn't make sense to me because for every three greatly increases you get, you could get one slight decrease and still drop a rank. So it's like, how do you justify that? And I think that's been the biggest issue with the balancing. So I hope the new ranking system whenever they do develop it, kind of addresses that because that's that's the biggest issue that I've kind of noticed on Reddit and Twitter uh, throughout. Yeah, I, and I can definitely tell there are many times I play with a team that I'm like, these guys are better than gold. Or they're better than me, way better than me. Then there's times where I'm like, these people are garbage. Like, how in the world am I playing with people that don't even have a rank yet? Like, what? Yeah. They haven't played the game, obviously, near as many times as I have, like, as much as I have, right? Like, they don't have near the experience I have. Why is it ringing with people that literally have two, three hours on the game when I have the ridiculous amount of time, right? 
Yeah. And, and and I actually don't even, I don't know. Can we look that up? Is there like a Valorant time spent Valorant calendar? Is somebody got a, uh, like a website for that yet? So I can oh, see all that? you talk about, yeah, yeah. Fortnite had one. Wasted time on Fortnite. Yeah, wasted time on Valorant, maybe. I bet maybe yeah, there already is Yeah, wasted time on Valorant. I'm going to have to check it out because, I, you know, it, it was fun that, that that website would actually tell you like, all right, this is how many hours you played the game or how many days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This means this was this many movies, uh, this many books read, you know, <laughs> things like that. And it really puts it in perspective like, wow, I have really put a lot of time into X game, whatever game that you're playing and looking into. Uh, it, it's it's a beautiful thing to look at, but it's also, it can be a disheartening thing to look at because you're like, man, I, I could have read, you know, a thousand books in yeah. the amount of time. Though, granted, I'm a slow reader, but it is what it is. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, something like that does come into play. But yeah, ranking system needs a little bit of a change. But I do love the transparency. And obviously, with Ask Valorant number three, uh, they are bringing that transparency once again. So let's go ahead and get into that because I feel there's a lot of great information to take from this. So, Troy, why don't you uh, at least take the first one? Yeah, yeah. And before I say this one real quick, there was also a community spotlight this week. I mean, not you, a lot we can actually talk about, but they did have some really cool art that they displayed from the community uh the valorant senior illustra illustrator uh addy came on and kind of highlighted some of the, their favorite pieces from uh the community so it's really cool go check that out if you love fan art if you love the community art it's there really cool thing that they did this week but yeah there was also the ask valorant which i love these so much i love when devs are transparent to us i love when they talk to us this week you know covered the uh the in-game replay system uh, the rough number of uh, radiant tier players, as we were mentioning, ranks out there, right? And the esport plans for the Observer client. So I'm I'm interested to see what all they had to say to us this week. So let's jump right into it. We got the first one here says, "Will Valorant have a gifting system like League has?" I, I mean, my kids love you know, Fortnite to like gift oh, things. Yeah. They, oh yeah. You know, I mean, Taylor, you know what I would really love is we're friends. I would love you to gift me some Valorant things. Of course you would. Of course, a twenty-five dollar knife. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, anytime. But anytime. I, I will say this: I, I love that system in place, man. You're right. Whether it be your kids, whether it be you know, of course, of course, us as friends, even streamers too, right? Because you know, they're sometimes their community loves to get back to the streamers and, and give things, and that was a great thing in in Fortnite, but also in League. And uh, whenever it does come to Miles, um, he is the revenue uh, strategist. He did say yes, gifting will be coming to Valorant soon. We want to give players the ability to give content as a way of celebrating victories, holidays, or any occasion that calls for it. We're aiming to enable gifting by the end of 2020, uh, but timelines may shift as we get closer to the date. So who knows? That could shift uh, in the future. That could shift, obviously. I hate timelines. Uh, I hate timelines. They, they always yeah. mess up everything. You know what? But that's the thing. They didn't say just end of 2020. Okay, that, that's a pretty broad timeline. I, I like this. I like the fact that, uh, you know, a gifting system could come into play. Like I said, I it, it it's always great to spread the wealth. It, it, really, it really is. Especially then, if somebody can't afford this, you know that. You know, maybe they're going through some hard times. Like, what a way to bright, brighten up their day, brighten up their week. Just send know, them, you know, the, the newest knife. I feel like this would be a great thing to release at Christmas time. You know, rough 2020. We're saying goodbye. You know, New Year's. All the good stuff happening. We can just, maybe, you know, maybe I'm feeling jolly around Christmas. Maybe I will give you that $25 knife, Taylor. Okay. Maybe I will buy that skin for you, you know? Maybe, or you maybe know, we'll give it to an agent. Maybe hey, we'll give it to one of our listeners, too. Maybe you know we what? can start gifting out to some of our listeners. Beautiful thing. Hey, you listen, you listening. I hope you guys are. We might be giving away some skins. That's actually something that I would love to do in the future. I would, I would love to, to do it as, too. I would love to do it as well. I think that'd be a fun thing to do and. uh you know, obviously fun to interact with the community and give back to them as well. So 
Yeah, we'll have to do that, guys. If gifting comes, this podcast will start giving out some things. Next one here is, is Valorant going to get an in-game replay system, Taylor? I love this. Replay systems are incredibly valuable. You look at Fortnite, they have the replay system, and VOD review is a powerful thing. So a replay system has been needed, if you will, for VOD review whenever it comes to Valorant. If you want to become a better player, in-game replay system is the way to go, right? Go in, see how you're playing, see how better players are playing, how you're getting countered, and you will improve. Stephen Eldridge, senior producer, ended up coming through and said, yes, this is something that we're interested in exploring soon, whether it's to study previous matches for tactical advantages or to create spicy memes, which we love our spicy memes. We know that players will find a wide range of interesting uses for a system like this. So Love the fact that Steven Eldridge is coming through and saying that because, like I said, in-game replay system, an incredible, an incredibly valuable tool that we have needed and needed for some time, even though the game's only been out four months. But I love the fact that they're already ready and chomping at the bit to get that as an addition. Uh, yeah, it's going to be amazing, especially with free-for-all coming, like we talked about last week. If that comes out, you know, people are definitely going to want that for their highlight videos. You know, they're going to be yeah. making why watch all these free for all highlights? Uh, next one here is: Will there be a map select slash playlist option? And Taylor, this one's odd to me because, like, do you want to play the same maps all the time? Like, what I really want is a better map play select system. Like, if I played on this map before, please match me with people that also played with that map before, so we don't play that map again. Yeah, you know what? I, I feel like we. <laughs> We kind of already inherently have a really bad map select playlist option because the fact that we play split four times in a row or we play bind five times in a row, which bind, I don't really care. If I play bind five times in a row, I'm perfectly fine with that. Ian Fielding, senior producer, ended up coming through and saying, from a competitive perspective, we really want to ensure we're able to not only put players in fair matches, but do so in a reasonable queue time. Splitting up matchmaking into separate map pools would reduce the overall players in our matchmaking pool. So basically what they're saying is, You know, if you have, for example, you like to play split, you go in and you want to queue up with split, there's probably going to be a considerable less number of individuals wanting to play on split as opposed to uh, players who are wanting to play on uh, on Haven or on Bind, Right. right? So you might not get queued up as quickly as you might think. He goes on to say, which not only slows down matchmaking, but makes it more difficult for us to produce fair matches. Given that we currently don't have plans to enable map specific select selection for matchmaking, Ian Fielding, I think, hit it out of the park with this. Everybody wants to to kind of get that map select playlist option out there, but it's way too soon. I mean, we only first and foremost, you know, we we have Spike Rush, we have Rated, we have Unrated. That I mean, so essentially, Unrated, Rated, right? Same playlist. The only difference is the overtime rules and as well as the forfeit option, uh, but still same. So you only have two playlists. Not enough to kind of, you know, justify splitting up the queues, which those two playlists already split up. But for maps, there's no reason to have a, a pick or a pick and ban, if you will, whenever it comes to the map so far. If we get up to maybe 10 maps, okay, I see it. It's justified. But right now, way too early. What about instead of a map select option, each player gets one, one map they can say they don't want to be queued in? So you always can say there's like one map I hate the most. Don't cue me. That's what I select as my option. Don't cue me in that map. So like if you all get in a team together and you decide like just like you would in a competitive mode that you're going to go ahead and, and, and take, that, take that map out of the rotation, then you get to do that as a team together. Like that's you're, what you're going to veto. That's what you're always going to pick. So what if they let you do that? 
you know, you I'm, feel I'm not that, against Taylor? that. That's an incredibly unique idea, actually. I didn't even think about that. I mean, when you when you think about like competitive tournaments that take place now, uh, you know, which we'll, we'll discuss obviously the esports Doug XE United Charity Clash that happened over this Saturday. We actually introduced a, a pick and ban uh, kind of option that came into play. And uh, teams as a collective unit were able to select, hey, we don't want to play this map, but then they still had to play the other three maps. So I think that's, at least at this current stage with only four maps, it's probably the much better option if they were going to do anything like that. I still feel for the regular public community, there's no reason to have any type of map ban, pick and ban whatsoever. But I do agree with what you said, Troy, at the very beginning. And I think everybody can kind of parrot this and agree with this. There needs to be a different way of when maps are selected and how they're selected in terms of on the server end side of things. Yeah, map rotation no be better. Yeah. Yeah, there's no reason why we're playing, you know, the same map four times in a row, right? That's something that definitely needs to be fixed because that's not a fun experience for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're trying to grind the game, right? Like and you yeah. keep getting that, it's just it makes the grind not near as fun and definitely right. get wears you down more. Uh, I think the one from the last one here, I'll let you sum this one up because this is quite the paragraph yeah, if you get what, guys want to <laughs> read it. But it says, what does Val want out of their observing client as it relates to esports? So this is a, a great question that's been brought up since the very beginning when an observing client was made, which by the way, was in beta, which that's fantastic given the the success of uh, what Valorant's been. So Waylon Megas uh, Roselle ended up coming through. If you guys don't know, he's the senior director of global esports. Um, and he kind of came out and it's, it's very long winded, I would say. So if you guys want to check it out, go to playvalorant.com, go look at their Ask Valorant number three. You can actually read it. Um, I'll read one paragraph from here uh, that I think is incredibly in, important. So we know the game has complexities that add a lot of context to what's happening in a match. Things like agent locations, what abilities haven't been used, what weapons everyone's purchased, and so on are very important in telling a competitive narrative. We want to ensure the Observer client can support an entertaining broadcast, both for players that are familiar with Valorant and those that may be watching it for the first time. So the reason why I selected that paragraph, because it's incredibly important to know that when it comes to casting Valorant, there is a lot that is taking place, right? Mm. And we're talking about agent abilities. We're talking about agents that are being used. What are the name of the players who are playing those certain agents? Um, you are looking at a map where all these agents, sometimes you have two of the same agent, right? Because you have one on each team that are rotating around the map. You have uh, obviously, you know, red, which is going to be for uh, your uh, terrorist, or I shouldn't say terrorist, excuse me, your um, offensive side. And then you have, of course, green for your defensive side. So right. you have a lot going on. And as a newcomer who's coming in to look at a spectator client, there's a lot to digest. And if you don't know what's happening in Valorant, if you haven't watched it before, you're going to be lost. I was even lost at the very beginning whenever I was watching it, and this was coming from a player that had played Valorant for quite some time. One of the biggest complaints from TOs, tournament organizers, the fact that right now with the uh, with the Observer client, it's incredibly basic. It's, it's really archaic. And because of that, People are having to come through and make their own overlays, which is fine. They can do that. And we've seen different overlays be used through different tournaments. But I think a level of uniformity needs to be added. And obviously, Waylon, you know, Magus, he understands this. And he's going to be uh, helping develop that observer tool to provide that uniformity across the board, which would be incredibly important. For me, my biggest thing, 
I just want uh, some type of way to put the names underneath each agent so you don't have to memorize it. And that would be incredibly useful for anybody who's coming in and watching their favorite player. They can easily pick out, okay, cool. Um, tens, he's rocking jet. Awesome. Got it. Track it. And you can pick it up instantly. And another thing too, would maybe put numbers uh, and, and label those numbers like they do in Gears of War. So you know you can actually very quickly, like tens, he's player number one. Okay, cool. He's flanking. I just picked him up on the minimap. I know where he's at. And that would help across the board, whether it be from the viewer, the average spectator, all the way up to the caster. And it would be great to just help, as he says, uh, tell that competitive narrative. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you have a lot of experience with these uh, these in-game systems, these in-game clients uh, for all the broadcasting you've been a part of. Uh, and you know how important it is to have one that's really good. I mean, it's a really cool uh, breakdown. Like I said, there's so much more to his reply there, guys. Go read about it. He talks about the importance of, of crafting an amazing viewer experience and how the access to those tools is important for it. Uh, and, and that we're going to be, they're going to be sharing more with us in the coming months. So look forward to another update from that. And the last one here though, that we had from ask of Valorant number three was how many radiant tier players are there in the world? So this was actually interesting. I'll go ahead and read this whole thing because uh, it gives you the number as well. So Ian Fielding back again, senior producer, ended up saying, we've designed Radiant to represent the most elite players. As you guys know, there is a tier system, Iron being the lowest, Radiant being the highest for the most elite players, as he says. Uh, and uh, the Radiant players are anywhere from 20 to 150 in total. So they have earned the uh, highest rank per region so that is per region and depending on player population size so each region may not have you know 150 players it may only have 20 but it just depends on how big that region is earning earning the radiant rank is meant to be challenging and a significant achievement for valorant players you also have to remain as an active player to stay in radiant if you haven't played in 14 days you will have to re-earn it so that's really cool to know because this is kind of the first indication as to how some of these ranks do play out uh but with that being said Again, this is where leaderboards would be hugely beneficial because then we can see exactly how many Radiant players are out there, how many uh, you know players are in your certain division, whether it be you know Silver Three. It's it's always a good challenge, but uh, I like the fact that it is exclusive. They don't they're not just throwing Radiant out there to anybody, right? There is a real reason to play and reach a Radiant is an incredibly influential thing. Think about how many players are in North America or EU to be top one hundred and fifty. That is a huge accomplishment, a beautiful thing. It just tells me, Taylor, no matter how hard I try, I will never get the Radiant Ring. Let me say this, Troy. The game's only been out like four months, my guy. There is there is a huge potential Bro, if you keep top grinding. If I'm the top 150 players, there's no... <laughs> I'm playing with... There's no way. Let's just put it that way. But if you are one of those 150 players and you are out there in your region, please hit us up. We'd love to talk to you. Maybe even do a little interview with you here. So let me know. If you're one of the top 150 men, we love to talk to one of you Radiant players. Maybe you guys can give us some insight. And uh, speaking of insights, I have a lot of them about this tournament this weekend. We had the Esports Doug United Charity Tournament, some other topics. Let, let, I'm excited, Taylor. Let's jump right into our main topic. Pay attention. I learned something. Think you can keep up? Who am I kidding? You know you can't keep up. All right, Taylor. Well, like I said, the Esports Doug who we had on the show prior to as well, our buddy Esports Doug. Uh, and E United, a great organization, by the way. I love E United. Lots of great people there. Um, 
And, uh, you know, obviously got to work with them close in the Call of Duty scene. But they did a little uh, what charity tournament this weekend, yep. had some big names happening. Tell everybody about it. Yeah, so it was called the Esports Doug E United Charity Clash, and it had sponsors such as Razor, uh, Game Room, which is by Target, which is really cool thing that uh, they're doing. We know Esports Arena is kind of pushed into uh, you know multiple WalMarts, where Target is getting their own type of uh, uh, esports related game thing, which is called Game Room. So I'm curious if there's going to be one near me. I would love to check one out. Obviously, E United was a part of it, and Esports Doug, a huge catalyst to making this tournament possible. He put in so much work. And uh, for a great cause, it was a charity tournament that benefited Gamers Outreach, a organization that's been around since 2007 and does fantastic work with helping bring these, uh, they, they call them goat carts, and it's basically a, uh, you know, a TV, it's got some controllers on it, and they allow these, uh, you know, these kids, these children that are going through very difficult times in their lives to you know, have an escape, if you will. We know gaming can sometimes be an escape, right? Some some view it competitively, some view it as just a way to kind of release the stress that's been going on. And some of these kids and children, it's really a shame. They go through such a very, very difficult time. Gamers Outreach gives them a way to, you know, gives a way to the nurses and, and the specialists to kind of help those children and kids out to let them forget the struggles that are taking place that they shouldn't be going through anyways at such a young age. It was a great tournament. It really was. And it featured some fantastic teams. Jinji, Oxygen Supremacy, Charlotte Phoenix, 100 Blifted, which uh, was Vegas, Ninja, Grego, Morgos, Lex, Cloud9, Way Too French, Immortals, and Echo 8. And, um... I got to say, it was a fantastic tournament. Best of three all around. It started with eight teams. It ended, obviously, with one. And uh, it was a single elimination. So you better have been playing to your fullest ability. I will say it was a surprising event, given the fact that every single match ended in a 2-0. I was not expecting that whatsoever. Yeah, it, it was. I watched a lot of this tournament. Okay, starting from the very beginning in there, supporting my man Taylor as he's hosting. But I wanted to see this, man. And so just... just to kind of give some perspective uh, on this, some of these players, right, I know, like from Hunter Blifted, Morgasi, know this guy really, really well. Uh, been following him for a long time. Obviously, you got names like Ninja. You have Vegas, who's coming over. Greg, Grego, who's been playing with Ninja quite a while. And so I was excited to go see them play, right? Like, just from content perspective, like, how is this going to work out? What I love about Ninja is that I know he's competitive. Right, like whatever your opinion of Ninja is, the one really cool thing about Ninja, if you love esports, is that Ninja is competitive. He wants to win. He has yep. that knack of winning, and so I, I love to watch him whenever he, he he gets on stage to perform, no matter who he's playing with, no matter what he's playing. And uh, I know I sound like a little Ninja fanboy. I just like competition. I'm I should, I'm sure. a fan of competition, yeah. and so I like watching them go against Charlotte Phoenix. Man, it was really sad. Like you said, everything ended at two zero, so they were they were knocked out real quick. Oh, yeah. uh, in the in the quarterfinals, and uh, I was hoping they were gonna give a little more fight there, man. Like it was, you know, yeah. You guys, you guys were showing that game, casting that game over the Gen G Oxygen Supremacy game, yeah. And 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 so it was really, I was like, oh, good, this has got to be good, then, right? There's gonna be some action, and it just sure. let me down, man. And I have to ask you, when you see people like big content creators come in and play in these tournaments, even charity tournaments. Are you kind of going for them? Are you are, at where where are you tugged at as far as your you know your your hardcore esports mentality? <laughs> you know, I I I will say I I would be remiss if I said I I wasn't going for them. Hunter Blifted, if they were to have made it, if they would have made it semi semifinals, I would have been impressed. Um, you know, going against Charlotte Phoenix. Charlotte Phoenix is a very talented roster. Definitely not one of the strongest ones in the tournament, but still talented. 
So if there was any chance for 100 Blifted to beat any team, Charlotte Phoenix would have been, been that team. And, uh, you know, they played on Haven. They played on Bind. We didn't get to see a Game 3, obviously. But they both ended in 13-9. There was a lot to take away from uh, from 100 Blifted. Uh, one of those things being how relaxed our communications were. We had a chance to do a listening. And, yeah, uh, it was definitely more pub style, right? When you compared oh, it to 100%. the other, other pro players, you could tell it's completely different. Yeah, I think Ninja at one point ended up saying like, you know, I just dunked on them, bro, with that no scope, you know. So he was definitely having fun. I will say a lot of great things to take from uh, from Ninja specifically. I think he was the biggest storyline. Obviously, um, he played incredibly well as Omen. He was top fragging uh, at least for one game, especially on Haven, and he was making some great plays. There was there was plenty of chances for him to pick up, you know, a three K, a four K. Um, unfortunately, he just wasn't able to, you know, whether it was of course a brimstone. Uh, you know, uh, incendiary coming through and kind of burning him up, whatever. But the point is, as you mentioned, he is a competitor. He's played across multiple different titles. And I wouldn't be surprised if I see him, you know, maybe nab a tournament in the future. The thing about Ninja is he does play with some talented players, but he's always outshining them, believe it or not. And I would love to see him on an actual serious roster to see how well he does. I, I Seriously, I would. Because, I mean, you know, like I said, Charlotte Phoenix, a great roster. There's a lot of fantastic players on there. KZ, Anger, Charm, Spirit, the, Exalt. Uh, yeah, Exalt, by the way, love that man. I, but I just I, I just think that, like, the no matter what with Ninja, here's the thing now. Like I said, he's super competitive. Uh, and, and, and he wants to win. But I also think he's so big now, it's kind of hard to like take a back seat. And in order for him to go be competitive and Valorant, he's going to have to take a back seat. Like, yeah, he's not. He's going to have that. to surround himself with players that yeah. he respects enough to take the feedback from. And that's a really tough, not to say he can't. I'm just saying it's really tough when you're that popular because you, you aren't sure who to listen to, right? You aren't sure who to really trust and be around and believe. And so I think it's really tough for him to ever do that. The biggest thing I want to talk about, though, is Echo 8, bro. Echo 8 came in. Uh, they 2-0'd Immortals, right? Part of that 2-0 game the whole way through. Yep. But they And they almost did take it away from Cloud9 in the first map. They were almost yep. able to take it away. It was Haven, right? I believe it was uh, that they were playing them on. They were almost able to take it away. It was like 10. They were up 10-8 at one point. Ended up losing yep. four rounds in a row and right. lost that map. Do I have my stats right? I think, I believe that's No, right. you're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, they were up. H yeah, you're right. No, they were up, I think, 8-0, something like that, Troy. And then they ended up, or it was like, On at one least of the up maps, six yeah. rounds. Yeah, and it, 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 was, it was tough. You know, it was tough to watch because Echo 8, obviously, 2-0-ing Immortals was a huge victory. You know, Echo 8 is an incredibly strong team. You know, if you re if you follow ESPN Esports, uh, they've always talked about Echo 8. It's kind of like in their top 10s. Immortals, though, obviously ranked up, I think, number four, number three, something like that. Yeah, so uh, I think Tyler had him as Tyler had him as four, and yeah. Arda had him as six, I believe. Okay, and that's, and that's fair. I, I That's incredibly fair. Echo 8, though, you know, obviously not that high. And I think it's because, you know, you're looking at a couple of guys that are very, you know, not as big named yep. and still have a lot to prove. One of the biggest stars for Echo 8 this weekend, um, other than uh, Jemmy, or he goes by Jimmy's in game. I mean, he was just fantastic. He tore it up. He played so, so well. And Fox. Fox is a man on fire, incredibly consistent, such a good player. 
And he kind of was, um, if I'm not mistaken, kind of a fill-in for this roster. I don't know if he's going to be on this completed roster for sure, but Fox came through and played so, so well. Chat was talking about him, and he was a main catalyst as to why uh, the Browns were so, so close between yep. Echo 8 and Cloud 9. But uh, with that being said, they had a tremendous chance to really change the course of this event. Cloud9 went on to win against Genji in Grand Finals, and Echo 8 could have easily a repeat have, Grand uh, been, Finals been there. Yeah, they week could have after made it. week, right? Like yeah. we saw it in your previous week with the tournament that you were on. Uh, yeah, Pulse Invitational, yeah. Uh, and so we saw a repeat in an opposite, right? Genji beat them last week. Cloud9 wins this week. That's right. So if you're a fan, I think really what your takeaway from this event is. Cloud9 won against Gen G. Like it and yep. they were trying new things. I think it was interesting. You know, we even heard in some of the interviews they were trying some new things, doing new things. This is the spot to do it. That's why it's so awesome to be part of these charity events, be part of these other events. And I think it's really gonna pay off though. The biggest thing I think is I think it's gonna pay off for Gen G and Cloud9 as we go into this PAX Arena tournament that's coming up and they're preparing for. I think the teams that set out, the ones that were quiet, that didn't play as much the past week, I think TSM, some of these teams that haven't got to play in these past couple of tournaments, they're going to be a little rusty. And I think that's going to be the interesting thing to watch and see how these teams have been trying things and competitive against competitive other competitive teams like Genji and Cloud9 going against each other. How yeah. far are we going to see a Genji Cloud9 PAX Arena? How crazy would that be? Oh, it'd be crazy. I mean, when you think about the, uh, the Pulse Invitational, the only big name team that wasn't playing in it was T1, right from the from the North American side. They just didn't play. They sent T1 Academy out there, but T1 didn't play themselves. TSM was beat after group stages, round one in playoffs, right? So it's very possible Genji Cloud9 could be two of the best teams. I don't know how much you know we could take away from a charity tournament. At the end of the day, it is a charity tournament. I know even on Genji uh, uh, GMD, one of the players on that roster was sick going into it, made grand finals, but. PAX is going to be interesting for that very reason. And I think one of the biggest uh, teams that I am looking forward to watching is going to be T1 because it seems as if they dodge tournaments left and right. They just don't like to play in tournaments. How well are they going to play? Because like you said, these other teams, Gen.G, Cloud9, Immortals, uh, Sentinels, uh, TSM, they've been playing and T1 hasn't been. So there's a lot of question marks about that roster still, but PAX Bro, Kyle is Dine's be looking gross so too. Maybe yep. they finally found their, maybe they finally found their full roster. You know, I, I'm not sure. I hope so. I uh, hope I mean, this is their roster. I because Tins, Relics, and Mitch are the only ones that were active, That's right. I guess, right? Shinobi uh, and Vice are, are filling in. Um, and Vice again showing up this week. Oh, he so he showed up last week in the Pulse Invitational. So, so I, I think you can take away the fact that they look like they're clicking a little bit. They look like they're going for it. And I mean, I'm, ex yeah. I'm excited to see what else happens here. Uh, speak of rosters, though, we had some roster changes this week. Is, is, there were some, some things happening around the scene this week. Taylor, you want to tell everybody a little bit about what these roster... The Valorant roster mania is kind of like yeah, right I now? find that to be so funny. By the way, roster mania is, is something that gets thrown around. It started with like Call of Duty because yeah, roster it started mania Call was, of Duty. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it was it was a huge thing. It was a big thing, and of course, Gears of War has kind of its roster mania. Now all of a sudden, Valorant has League roster does too. Mania. Yeah, they all, you know, it's seems like, like the it, off seasons always the roster mania. Yeah, you know, things up. 
in terms of content, in terms of like articles, things, I, I view it as low hanging fruit because it's like you know, Bro, it's Deserto. Moves... Okay, I love Deserto. They're no, my no, friends, no, no, but... no, 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 no. I'm not. No, no. It's it's nothing again. Look, the content is there. We're discussing. It. I love it. You know, but I'm saying like it's just one 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 person leaves the team, another one comes in. It's like oh, we got to cover that. We got to. Why oh, yeah. is this impactful? You know, it's it's super easy. No, but it's hugely beneficial. One of the big things uh, that I'm happy with is built by gamers getting their roster. Um, it's Nicholas, Rob, Wiz, Foe, Payan, and Tor. This is a, a great roster given the fact that they were known as Code 7 before. Now they're actually picked up by Built by Gamers, which is interesting because um, if you remember back uh, in one of our first couple of episodes, we had Spades on, a former yeah. Fortnite professional uh, player who transferred over to Valorant. He actually just took a backseat in competitive Valorant. I do, I do believe it's because of his internet issues, unfortunately, until he gets better stable internet, then he might start competing again. Uh, but he does uh, manage the Built by Gamers roster, so... Picking up Code 7 is a big pickup. Rob Wiz is a fantastic player, and I love the fact that they're having representation. Another one, too, that's really big is China Win. And China Win has a big name such as Psalm. And we know Psalm coming over. He was one of the biggest uh, transfers from Fortnite yeah. over. Great obviously dude. World Cup, what, third place, I do believe, in, uh, uh, in Solos? Or is it second place? He's second. I believe he was second, was S- he? Second place. Okay, so uh, uh, with that being said, Big name on that roster. Now with China Win, he's going to be with uh, DXN, Ghost, Cute Fat Boy, and Rarker. So curious how that roster is going to work. When I do look down the list, though, of, of big changes that have, have kind of taken place, um, you know, everything looks kind of actually sound other than Renegades getting a roster. Uh, we know Team Envy now is uh, the old Together We Are Terrific roster. Uh, Aikis, Calypso, FNS, Mamey, and Caboose. Super excited to watch them play under Team Envy. Huge fan of Envy. Team Liquid and Envy are my two favorite organizations in esports in general. And I love the fact that Together We Are Terrific, a very, very talented team that we were curious who was going to pick them up, gets picked up by Team Envy. You love to see it. Um, but you are know, they gonna have to I, I change was... the name? I'm just curious. Is Envy gonna be Envy together? We no, like... no. Come on, you're getting crazy, man. What together like... we are Envy? Yeah, I mean, what what is the name gonna be? Because I'm just... guessing Envy's not gonna let them keep the abbreviation of no, no, no. no they're gonna be te- they're gonna be like... Team Envy. They will okay, be Team because they were gonna 100%. together. We are terrific. It was not gonna continue on. If I saw that on like a. <laughs> A professional stream of a big tournament, and it literally oh, yeah. said "twat" underneath their yeah. name. <laughs> like, bro, I was had I. You know, they chose that name just because of the abbreviation. They're trolling. Come on, think about me as a host. Think about the casters. Try not to say "twat." Yeah, yeah. It, it come it was... on. And by the way, because we can't use the acronym, which would have been great. Yeah. We had to say their name. Together we are terrific every single time. It's a mouthful. Yeah. No, definitely not going to be that. They're going to be Team Envy. You should have just thrown say, one though, twat out there, though. Just, just oh, one. Oh, no, no, no. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. No, no. Van Silly had me on that, man. Van Silly, another another talent that was in there. He he definitely dropped it. And he was like, oh, man, I messed up. It was so funny Oh, he did watch. drop it. He got he one out. He did drop huh? it. He, he did. Okay. He, he, he said it. He said it. Uh, you know, uh, Come on. You don't accidentally say that. No, well, I don't know. Van Silly, who knows, man? He's a wild, he's a wild. I, I think he, he, he <laughs> I, I, I want to think he at least kind of threw it in there as, as a, he might know, have. just kind of, just kind of he throwing it have. out there. He, yeah. He's been doing it for like 20 years, something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's casting. He's, he's good. He's good. Way, he's really good. He's great. He's really good. The, the whole talent team, I think, you know, Simo, uh, Van Silly, you know, he's got to get some stuff. of those guys on the show soon. 
Oh yeah, no, they're they're all great. Ryan Central, you know, uh, man, the list. Uh, Bach, you know, the list goes on and on. I mean, they were really carrying the the scene out there. Love working with them. Uh, just to kind of round it off, I would say uh, Dignitas female. There's going to be a Dignitas female team. So I love the fact that they're getting in early on. It's going to be uh, Emilette, Rain, Milk, uh, Thea, and Bochard, and they're going to have a coach of XP3. So uh, which which is pretty cool, uh, given the fact that. Uh, Hey, females are getting involved, and, and I love that, right? Because you never know. This could be the, well, the title where they make a big break. No, definitely. I mean, if you guys don't know, I mean, uh, women's Counter-Strike, like, there's a ton of women's Counter-Strike teams. There are? Oh, yeah, ton of them. Uh, and yep. and so there's, like, documentaries. Dignitas might even be the one. I saw a, literally a documentary probably about two months ago on one of them. Uh, really cool stuff. Like, there's tons of great players out there. Um, do you think... I just had a quick question for you. Mentioning esports, do you think like we're gonna end up having like or main, I guess like the top esports are you know like the NFL or NBA where they're the popular male culture, and then women also have a separate league where it's like women's esports, or mm-hmm. do you think esports is gonna be kind of the sport per se that intertwines everybody, and you're gonna see right. some of these females showing up maybe some game like Valorant later on on a pro team. So I want to touch this topic very carefully. Um, first and foremost, I'm a huge advocate of having uh, intramural sports, right? Or having, yeah, yeah. You know, of course, males, males and females compete against each other or with each other for for uh, that, right? Because you do have, and, and I think this is going to become more common as esports starts to develop specifically here in North America. Yeah, because there are currently, you know, kids out there, young young individuals, young women, uh, young girls, whatever, who are now growing up. And I'm sure they do look up to not only males, but also, you know, the dominant females in the scene, whether that be talent or uh, be esports stars. And those, you know, those kids, you know, just like someone would look at, uh, you know, uh, LeBron, right? Or, or, you know, take your pick, whoever's in the, in, in the scene and says, you know, I want to grow up and be like him, right? They're going to grow up and say, I want to be like her, right? I want to be influential in the esports scene. And I love that. I love that because esports eventually, and I and I do. I'm a huge component of esports and gaming. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty years from now, it's only going to continue to grow. And yep. these esports stars are going to be just as influential as regular sports stars. I promise you, because that's just the way we're going. So I would love to see, you know, more females enter the scene and kind of be the the forerunners, if you will. In that scene, so in Valorant, for example, right now it's 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 a it's a blank slate, right? We we need dominant females to come in and and represent well. You look at Fortnite, you you know you had Maddie, um, and you know really the the whole Gen G squad, right? The Gen G girls that, yeah, that just yeah. represented and kind of paved the way. And I love that. I do. I love the fact that females get involved. It's it's hard for them to do so. I I understand why it is. Yeah, but, I mean, just play a game of Valorant and get matched up with one exactly. female and hear the rest exactly. Of that trolls that that show like literally every time i just still baffles me that hopefully it's going to continue to get better uh, and i hope it does but i i agree i mean like i love to watch lulu play if you don't know who lulu is uh she she plays a lot of apex um and she's incredible like she smokes me like on apex no question a friend of mine as well and i think she would just kill it if she donated herself to valorant but I dude, I'm excited to see if some people like this. I'm excited to to switch it up and see what happens. I was just curious. That, that by the way, no, that came I, out of I, nowhere. So I just... It's a great question, man. And, and you know what? That's okay because I've thought about it 
quite a bit. Like I said, I, I would love to see females empowered to, you know, become professionals. I still feel, you know, whether it be male or female, the best players need to play at the end of the day, bottom line period, because I want to see the best competition and, you know, whoever works the hardest should get those opportunities. But eventually I do want there to be a time in esports where women don't have to feel limited because they are women and they can, you know, be on those dominant rosters and have no limitations. And I, I, I that day will, will absolutely come, right? Yeah. And I can't wait for that because I would love to see what female talent there is out there because there absolutely is female talent 100% that can stand toe-to-toe with with some of these males 100%. We definitely agree on that one together uh seeing sure. females get definitely come in and 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 make a present in Valorant. But another opinion is the opinion this week is is the current operator meta running competitive game ruining competitive game should I say? Yeah. Well running too. Right? Is it currently right. running competitive it is running games? It. Absolutely. It's running it for sure. So I wanted to t- uh, touch on this very quickly. I think it's a topic that's been very influential, uh, especially whenever it comes to Valorant. Ray obviously asked about this in his comment. And uh, current operator meta is essentially, you know, two, sometimes three ops on any given map. And it's because it's so easy to use an op to kind of out-angle your opponents because Hiko said it best. And uh, there, there was actually a clip that Scream ended up uh, releasing and it was hugely influential because, as you guys know, Hiko, you know, 100 Thieves, right? IGL, team captain. He obviously has competed as a CSGO pro in the past, so he can definitely relate, uh, you know, the op from CSGO to, you know, right. and the op plays in general over towards Valorant. And Hiko said it best. Right now, it's very difficult to face operators in Valorant, given the fact that there are very few counters to the op itself. So when you think about CSGO, you can have five smoke, 10 flashes, or, you know, 10 flashes, five smokes, however, you know, it works. And it's easier to battle against an op if they're holding down a certain angle. When it comes to Valorant, though, there are so many, uh, obviously, agent abilities that you're able to use to counter. So you're looking at maybe two or three flashes. You've got some smokes. Once those dissipate, they're gone, right? You can't just continue to buy, and obviously, you're limited because you can't have, you know, five of the same agents going through, right? So you can't have five brimstones dropping smokes across the entire map. So with that being said, obviously, you know, whether it be all the way down to, uh, you know, lower ELO up to competitive ELO and competitive tournaments, obviously these pros and these players are seeing value in the op. And right now, it's, they're, they're, you can't beat them. On defensive, on defensive rounds, when the defensive team is running an operator, it's so easy to shut down the offense, and it makes it incredibly unfair. So there does need to be a workaround when it comes to the op for sure. It's not a damage thing. That's not the issue, right? It's not right. a... I don't, I don't even think it's a money thing. Maybe it is a money thing, right? It's at 4500 currently. Maybe it becomes more expensive, and that's how you battle against it. Um, it's even been suggested maybe they limit an op to only one op per team. So once an op is purchased, boom, you're locked out. You can't buy another op. These are all things that could take place. But right now, ops definitely need, I think, a more efficient counter because right now they are running the meta. What about, so two options that I think about immediately coming into play, and that is more reload, like slower reload, right? Make the reload take longer or make the action of recocking the gun and putting another bullet in it, like make it longer, right? Now, I don't mean reload. I actually mean recock, right? To to shoot at your second bullet out of your clip. Sure. So for like, I, I, 
I, they could either do that, but I think they could also slow down the scope speed. Now, given there's a weird balance here, right? Because you could do both those things. You could do a number of things. I'm sure they have a ton of ideas. But the thing that you also have to balance in all that, Taylor, is those shock and awe moments of the game that the operator provide, right? There are moments that the operator come through and that makes it entertaining for viewers to watch. It makes it entertaining for people to play. It also makes it fun to play because you can have those moments where you can clear a team with an operator. So there's that weird balance they're going to have to look at as they go through here. That's what I'm interested to see how they address it. And I'm not sure what you do because you can't, you don't want to break the weapon. Yeah. So you don't, don't want to break. break. Yeah. And it's, it is difficult. And, you know, I, I will say we are blessed. The fact that ops are kind of the only weapon that people are talking about. That just shows yeah. how balanced the rest of them are. Um, so with that, you know, ops definitely need a, a workaround. You know, people coming in and saying, you know, obviously right now it's they're overpowered because people aren't using utility correctly and, and they're not, you know, obviously, uh, you know, they're they're peaking when they shouldn't and things like that. On on lower elo, sure, I, I could see that. Even in, in even in, in top, you know, ranked play, I could see that. But I'm looking at it from a competitive standpoint, watching some of the best players in the world play with ops and I will say the flashy plays are fantastic, but man, is it overpowered if you get into a hand such as win on Gen G, you know, you put into the hands of tens on C9. But isn't it fun to watch though too? Oh, like, without question. Win, no, without just... question, it's fun to watch. But I think it definitely needs to be nerfed in some type of way. I yeah. I genuinely feel that. I agree too. Maybe it maybe it will be, you know, a mix of different things. Maybe they'll increase the price, maybe they'll slow the the scoping, you know, I I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. But what yeah, I do know. Go ahead. Just, just just to answer on that, just one more thing. The, I think the thing is just my issue with it, just to clarify, is I, I wouldn't even say necessarily say how powerful it is as a weapon. It's just the fact that how easy it is to gain on your squad to the fact that you can run two or three with how expensive it is. That shouldn't be happening. The op has its place, and the op is needed for those flashy plays and to shut down lanes of, uh, you know, attack. But when you have, you know, two or sometimes three ops on the same roster, there's an issue. Yeah. No, I, I completely understand. And I think I think that that can... We're going to see a change. I just don't know what it is, right? We're definitely going to see a change. And uh, one thing I do have, though, for you this week is our save and spend. Halftime. If you saved, spend it. Don't save a thing. All right. This week, I got trading. Taylor, I bring us, I bring us the, the topic of trading. And you may ask, what is trading? Well, Taylor, trading is the concept of having a player immediately behind a teammate or entry fragger who will go out with the teammate and get the kill on the enemy player who killed your teammate. Meaning that you will trade kills one for one. Mm. All right, so what I am noticing when I play at gold two and above, essentially, I see a lot more of this happening, right? When I drop down to silver three, gosh, I'm sorry, it sucks. But when it, <laughs> when it happens to me and then I get back up, when I, when I drop to silver three, I can, this never happens. And this is trading. This is like 
hey, making sure you're not only aware of where you are, but where your teammates are and that you're with a teammate either talking verbally or you're you're the one following and backing up this teammate to get the trade. Like, listen to me very carefully, everybody out there. It is okay to die in Valorant. It is okay to die if your teammate is there with you and gets the trade. Yeah. It is okay because you're even in the game back out, and that's how you win these maps. The better team that's better at trading is the team that usually always wins, especially at these gold elos, like gold, silver, bronze. Like, if you can get this idea, if you're stuck in, like, iron, like our buddy is, uh, Jay, if you're stuck in iron, like, just stop worrying about what everybody else is doing. Pay attention to you and start getting the, try to get the trades off the people around you. Start, like, focusing, like, what guy's walking around? Maybe he's not having good communication, but you see he's getting in fights. Follow that guy. Start working yep. on your trades. Start working on trying to get trades. That's the thing that I want to talk about is trading. How do you feel about trading? I, I love trading. Trading is an essential part of any, any Valorant match, any Valorant round for that example. I think it's hugely beneficial too. Like, don't just think when it's a 5v5. Trading is still important, right? And I think it's important at any level. But think about that situation where trading is imperative to use. You're in a 2v1. The person that you're going against either has to defuse the spike, plant the spike, whatever have you, right? But the point is, in that 2v1, you have an option that that solo player doesn't have. You have the option to trade. So you can uh, you know, sacrifice one person, and, and maybe he doesn't even sacrifice. Maybe he goes out and he picks up the elimination, right? That could happen yeah. too, right? It's not Trading doesn't also necessarily mean... Uh, that you know you end up dying or your your teammate ends right. up dying. But the point is in that two v one, you can send someone out to wide angle. You know, obviously the enemy then focus on him. Then you come from a different angle and you clean up the kill. Yeah, you lost an opponent. Maybe you have to rebuy a weapon, but or lost a teammate. You may have to rebuy a weapon. But the point is, you won the round. And at the end of the day, the W is what matters. Yeah, and I would also say last point of that is when you say you're going to attack a site. And the first, the, the, the top fragger, the lead fragger dies, whoever's pushing on that site. If you just stop, he died for no reason. You just, it, you just literally spent his, his, his life and it, and it was no value to you as a team. If that person pushes and they die, keep pushing so that you can pick up that kill. Because right. more than likely, that player's either going to move they're more likely going to not be able to snap to you really quickly. They, they have to reload. They might have already started reloading. Like There's a number of things that can happen. And when you push two people together, it's more of an opportunity to get the kill. So, Powers and numbers, Troy. Powers, powers and numbers. Powers and numbers. And there's also power and match point. Match point. Let's close up shop. We know more than we did before. Let's use that. All right, Taylor, tell me, give it to me. What are you, what are you working on this week? I want to keep it simple, right? You know, I've been getting a lot more gigs as commentator and host whenever it comes to Valorant. So for me, I feel like I have a good understanding on North America so far, but I don't have a good understanding on other regions. So my focus for the week is going to be studying EU from a competitive standpoint. That could mean how they play, what kind of agent composition do they have, all the way up to, of course, I think the bare minimum would be to at least learn the rosters, what teams are dominant, what players are dominant. So then if I do host or I cast an event for EU in the future or a different region, because I'll be expanding into other regions, but I think EU right now is going to be a good transitional point from North America, uh, then I'll be knowledgeable and I'll be able to bring in a good perspective and conversation with whatever casters I'm working with. Yeah, I think, what, was it the G2 event that they just had over there? In, mm -hmm. uh, Vitality in event, EU? yeah. 
uh, the Vitality event, that thing, some great teams showing up over there, obviously, you know, and you had, uh, what, G2 come out on top. I mean, I expect yeah. that out of EU, G2 is so dominating in league, right, even. And so, you know, now they're dominating in Valorant. Interesting. But uh, great organization over there. But hey, man, go learn some things. Bring it back to us. But we can also learn along with you what's going to. over in the EU. Uh, I, but my, my, my match point this week is keeping calm when I have a bad start to a match, right? And I've been, I started mm. working on this already, but it's so easy to get like, go to, say, say you go down 0 and 5. You don't have, you have five deaths, you have no kills. We all know the frustration sitting in. You're wanting to get that kill, you're wanting to get on the match. Uh, get on the board, and sometimes you'll you'll go. Okay, I'm gonna play aggressive. I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna take it too. I'm gonna sneak. Up. I'm gonna catch him off guard. And what I'm learning with myself is, man, sometimes it's good to play, keep playing my game, right? Keep playing my spot. Hold it. I'm gonna get my break. It's gonna come. I'm gonna get my first kill. Uh, I'm gonna get through. And there's been so many times in the past two days uh, when I really started focusing on this that. I've come back and been end up being, you know, I, I started one game, I think one and nine the other day, ended up coming back and I was 17 and 12. Sure. So like, I, I, I can turn it around. I believe in yourself. So like for everybody else out there, believe in yourself that you can do it. Take it one step at a time. Keep trying. And that's what I'm going to do this week. And you know what? Just to capitalize on that, Troy, sometimes it, with this, there's a very common saying that I use whenever I cast or host. Sometimes a match is just a tell of two halves. First half, you may struggle, you may not be playing well, and that could be because maybe you're running a Cypher on split, and you start off on the offensive side where you have to plant the spike. Cypher is not as useful whatsoever on the offensive side on split. But defense, totally different story. You then switch over to defense, all of a sudden you're able to use your utility, you're able to then you know scout them out with uh, your Cypher cam, right? Therefore, you have use and uh, your agent is useful and therefore you can have a very successful defensive round. So don't be discouraged. And that goes across whether it be yourself as an individual or even your team. Sometimes maps just work the way that they do, right? Offense may be struggling, but defense is where you're really going to shine. So keep that in mind, Troy. I think that is a beautiful, beautiful match point. Well, I appreciate it, Taylor. I appreciate that. And you know what else is beautiful? If you want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter at the Valorant Podcast, the Valorant Podcast. Don't even have to put the word B in there. You can also email us at the Valorant, or sorry, Valorant Show, Valorant Show. My bad, my bad. Valorant Show. And you can also email us at the Valorant Show at gmail.com as well. Follow Taylor on Twitter, Reflections, myself, Too Loud TX. And Taylor, take us out of here, man. Always great to have you agents out there. We appreciate you stopping in. Shout out to everybody that left a comment. We hope to see more in our next episode. Please leave a review or rating if you liked it, whether it be on iTunes or Podbeam. We would love to see what you want us to improve or maybe what you want us to talk about on the next episode. But for the 11th episode of The Valorant Show, that's all the time we have for you. For myself, Taylor Reflections Noble, of course, Troy Tuttle, a.k.a. Too Loud. We appreciate it having you. We hope to see you guys again on the next episode. Grab some water, refill those clips, and let's get back out there.